Hey people, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales coach and consultant who works with coaches, business owners, and people in the world of sales who want to become more comfortable and confident in selling in their own natural human way. If you're enjoying the podcast episodes and would like to access some great free resources linked to the podcast series through the monthly newsletter, which also includes podcast extracts and news on upcoming masterminds, live streams and events, then you can email me chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com. That's chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com and quote, let's do this. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now, on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by keynote speaker, world-renowned body language expert, Mark Bowden. And Mark and I are going to be talking all about what does your body language say about your mindset? Mark's going to start by sharing some examples of body language that display how we're thinking or feeling, how conscious we are of others' body language around us, and how we can be more receptive of it. The relationship we have between our body language and our mindset and also how we can utilize it to build trust and rapport within our business relationships and everyday life so sit back grab a pen and pad and enjoy mark welcome how are you yeah i'm very good very good chris thanks for having me around you're very welcome thanks for joining me on an episode of not another sales podcast yeah my pleasure so, Mark, for people tuning in that aren't too aware of, of who you are and your background, it'd be great to start off perhaps giving them a bit of an overview, really. Yeah, sure. So, my name's Mark Bowden. I'm an expert in human behavior and body language. And what that means uh, and the way I get that uh, expertise across is I travel all over the world talking to audiences, big and small. Some as small as one-on-one sessions, some as big as several thousand people helping them with how they can use their body language on purpose to stand out, win trust, gain credibility every time. Yeah, Mark, and on that point of you talking about body language, it's one of the key reasons what what intrigued me when I first came across you on uh, LinkedIn, hearing your talk around this and, and subsequently since your TED Talks and a few other conversations. And I think why it struck a chord with me and it's quite often when we talk about how we communicate with one another, we often believe it's what we say that carries the most weight and showcases perhaps how we're feeling. And now a few episodes on my podcast have talked about what, what we say and how to listen to one another. But I think you know body language is, is just as, if not more important than what we're saying in terms of our nonverbal behavior. So to start off with, what are some of the examples of body language that, dis- that display how we're feeling or thinking? 
Yeah, so uh, I think, first of all, you're, you're exactly right in that the meaning that people take from what we're saying, the way they make up that meaning, the, the vast proportion of evidence they're looking for as to our thoughts and our feelings is in our nonverbal communication. And so, you know, an example of that, a classic example of that would be if I'm talking to you and I have a barrier gesture, say I'm, I, I've crossed my arms across my body uh, in, in a classic kind of folded arms gesture. Well, my guess is, is that you're going to construe something a little more negative about what I'm saying rather than positive. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm putting up a barrier to what's being said. But on the whole, you'll tend to feel that it's it's a barrier towards what's being said, that I'm not engaged. It doesn't mean I'm not engaged, but you'll tend to feel that way. Does that make sense, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I suppose, do you think when it comes to that, how conscious people are of it, that it should be something that we should change with intention or something that we should naturally let develop with our mindset in terms of the way we change that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm a great believer in that if you can do some things on purpose that make uh, communication better, you should probably do those. Just like I might choose my words really specifically, say, in an email, or I might be choosing my words quite specifically right now for you. Why don't I choose my body language and behavior as well? Because otherwise, I'm just kind of leaving it to chance that I get the right message across. And that's not to say that with the right intention, I might get the right body language. But even then, I'm sure you've experienced when you've had the very best of intentions for a communication, for something you're saying, but your body language hasn't quite got that across and people have got the wrong idea and the conversation has gone down the wrong route for you. And so, you know, in my world of communication, I'm just trying to... um, take away as much chance of getting things wrong as possible. Now, of course, look, some communications are more important than others. Some, you know, if things go badly wrong, what's the worst thing that can happen? However, there are other communications which are vital and really important. And for those, you might want to not only choose your words, not only choose your intentions, but also choose the exact behaviors that go along with both, leaving less up to chance. I hope hope that made sense to you, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked about being more intentional with it. And I think it's the same. You can almost do yourself a disjustice if you are saying all the right things and your tone's on point and what you're saying makes sense. But if your body language isn't matching that and representing it, giving yourself as much chance as possible to engage with that person. Well, absolutely. And, 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 you know, you're doing yourself an injustice, a disservice, but also to a degree that you might not imagine, simply because people are judging the feeling and intention of what you've said via your body language. And it means you could have very good intentions in what you're saying, but your body language is negative and they don't hear anything of the good words that you're trying to get across. So it sometimes means that a message can work in the reverse and against you, even when it's well-intended, if you haven't intentionally chosen your body language. And especially, Chris, when when you might be under stress and pressure. When you're under stress and pressure, 
all kinds of signals can leak from your body language, which then impose their own meaning on the words that you're using, which might not be words of stress and, and pressure. So, yeah, there are some very important occasions where you might want to really choose your body language carefully. Yeah. And on, and on that, when you mentioned some of the negative uh, body language expressions we can admit, what are some of those examples of the biggest things you think that people perhaps aren't as conscious of but should be more conscious of? Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I talk very, very specifically in my work about the horizontal height that your hands are at when you're speaking. And this is something that, that you know, the majority of people just don't think about. Um, so, for example, uh, imagine somebody talking to you and saying they want to listen to what you have to say and their hands are hanging down by their sides as they're doing that, do, you, do they feel to you in that image like they're engaged and listening or not? And now let's bring their hands up to navel height, belly height, and give them open palm gestures as they say that they want to listen to what you have to say to them. Does that come across as somebody who's... Um, who's listening a lot better. And now let's take their, their hands up to their mouth height, that rather like they're covering their mouth as they say, I, I really want to listen to what you have to say. And with their mouth covered, do they look like a good listener? So there's three examples there. Hands down by your sides, hands at your navel area with open palm gestures, and hands over your mouth. And somebody saying, I really want to listen to what you have to say to me. And, and does one, imagining those in your, in your head there, Chris, does one feel like and seem like in your imagination a better listener than any other? Yeah, I think just, you know, just imagining them there, as you say, it, you, you, can, you can envisage which one you're probably a bit more engaged with and it, it helps me resonate with. I suppose thinking back to speakers that I've watched or talks that have been given of, of when I've actually listened with intent and actually felt like they're meaning what they're saying. Right, right, exactly. So we tend to find that people uh, believe us more, that our intention is true and we're being honest and truthful with them when our hands are at navel height doing open palm gestures. Now, that isn't to say that, that somebody doing that is always being truthful with you. That's not the case. However, it does trigger others into feeling like somebody's more truthful. When the hands are hanging down by the side, we tend to feel people are less engaged. It does doesn't mean they're less engaged, but will tend to impose that meaning on them. When the hands are up at face level, especially when they're covering the mouth, we tend to feel that people are being disingenuous with us. In fact, often lying to us. Now, again, this doesn't mean that somebody's lying. However, we tend to skew our viewpoint of them towards they might not be telling us the whole truth. They might be concealing stuff from us. And that's simply because they're concealing their mouth from us. So, so these images that we play people tend to become for us a very real idea of how they're thinking and feeling. If somebody's concealing their body from us, well, they must be, our instinct says, well, they must be concealing things about what they're saying. Now, that's never necessarily true. It may be sometimes, but it's not necessarily true. But our instinct tends to make it very, very true and default us to a negative attitude about people who are doing blocking gestures 
or concealing gestures, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it depends on the level here of people's, uh, of how conscious they are of, of these signals. And what do you think are some of the, the benefits of, of people listening if they do start to become a bit more conscious of other people's body language and picking up on it? Yeah, well, the first of all, the benefit is, is you can start to suspend the intuitive judgments that you have about people. I, I understand we're reading people's body language all the time on an unconscious level. And our readings of other people's body language are either very, very accurate, very, very inaccurate, or something in between. Uh, they tend to default to, to rather negative ideas on the whole. But understand, our intuition is just doing its best to keep us safe. It isn't worried about accuracy. It wants to be safe now and accurate tomorrow. And therefore, our intuition about body language tends to have a little bit of a negative bias. Now, if you become more conscious about reading body language, you can suspend that, that intuitive uh, negatively biased judgment and start to explore more as to what actually might be going on. You know, is this a negative situation or a positive situation or something in between? Were they covering their mouth because they are trying to hide something from you? Or was it a self-soothing gesture because they're, um, they're worried about something they're saying to you? Is it a worry that, they're, that, that you'll find out that you're, they're lying to you? Or is it a worry about something else in their past or their future or worried about something they're saying, not concealing something? You see, the thing is, is when you start to consciously read body language, there are so many more opportunities and ideas that come up about what the meaning may be. Your intuition will have one idea about what the meaning is. That idea could be very, very accurate or very, very inaccurate. When you use your, your conscious judgments, you open up more opportunities as to what's really going on. And that's the benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think from a, from a coach's and, and management perspective as well, the more conscious you can become of this as well, the more you can you can dig into things. For example, if you're at the moment just taking people's word for it and you might be sitting down with one of your team or someone you're working with and what they're saying might sound positive, but if you're actually more conscious of what they're not saying and how they're coming across, then you might be able to dig into things. And quite often people will feel like they need to conceal how they're feeling through their words, intrusively push someone to try and get them to come out with something but to, I suppose, probe and just be more mindful of them in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're exactly right. What you can do is consciously use ideas of body language that you're seeing in order to trigger you consciously to, as you're saying, like dig in a little bit more. When you see something in somebody's body language and you go, oh, hang on, that's interesting. They don't tend to do that a lot. Or that's very new for them to do this in, a, in, the, in, the, in this conversation with me right now. When you see differences happening, those can often be great opportunities to just go back and talk again about what you were talking about, to inquire with the person, to say, you know what, I'm interested in what we were talking about just then. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Just investigate, dig in a little bit deeper. 
I guess it's like, um, you know, surfing the internet of somebody. That you, you find something a little bit different, a little bit intriguing, and you just go, you know what, I'm going to explore that a little bit more. It may turn out to be something of interest. It may not. But I'm going to take this as a provocation to just explore that area a little bit more because something happened of interest there. That, that's certainly one way that a lot of very professional interviewers and interrogators use body language. Mm. And I think it's a great, a great sign of empathy as well if you're able to do that within your team and people you're working with is to, is to show them that you are really not just listening to them but, but, but sort of observing them in, in, a, in every way and not just what they're saying but how they're sort of coming across. And all that needs sometimes is for you to show that you, you realise something's wrong and that in itself will, will make someone feel comfortable to open up to you and actually come out with the real reason why things aren't working out or why they're not hitting their target or why they feel uncomfortable in a situation at the moment. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. The more you can show your team, anybody you're working with, that not only are you listening carefully to them, but you're watching them as well. The whole of your person is there, including your emotional facility to be able to go, look, I heard you say this and you, I saw you do this and I'm just concerned you know is, is there something worrying you right now do you want to tell me about do you want to talk about that um you know or certainly i see from your behaviors if i was you i i would feel worried right now are you worried are you concerned that emotional empathy is is a huge part we know of of any good leadership so to be able to show people exactly how you're listening and watching in ways that they can mirror as well, that they can do with, with uh, other team members, with, with clients, with pro- prospects, with, with people in their community. Mm. And also I think in, in, the, in the world of sales as well, when you're working with potential clients and customers, it's great to be able to use it. And that you might just say sometimes that I'm just getting a feeling here that something isn't quite right. Have you got any um, concerns or is there something that, that isn't quite fitting right with you? And just by doing that as well, make, customers feel more comfortable to come out with things because often the reason why objections don't come out is that people just don't want to offend other people but if you're <laughs> thinking, and you can yeah. it, then it's a great way to be able to open up that conversation yeah and that's absolutely right and i think you know your wording of that was was great that you just keep it light you keep it non-judgmental uh, and you just offer the possibility you just go, you know, I'm just, I'm just concerned, you know, that maybe something's up here or, and you can give them an out. You can go, or, or, or maybe it's just me. Maybe it's nothing at all. Mm-hmm. So you can give them an out to be able to go, no, 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 it's, 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 it's nothing. Um, because sometimes you'll get it wrong. I mean, that's, that's the thing is sometimes you're going to get it, get it right. And sometimes you're going to get it wrong. I guess like all really good relationships, there's always risk involved and you've got to take that risk sometimes to go, look, I'm going to risk, you know, putting out there that they're summing up and I'm feeling it and I'm seeing it. I'm going to put it out there. I'll, I'll give them an out by going, look, it, it might be nothing. So tell me if I'm wrong. Um, because, you know, sometimes you are and people go, no, you're, you're wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with this. It's good. You know, there's just something else on my mind. And, and, and that can be helpful for them to, to realize, yeah, I've got other stuff going on in my mind right now. And other people are picking up on that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and when it comes to body language and, and, our, and our mindset, I was, I was thinking about this earlier this week, and a bit of a chicken or the egg. And I want your opinion on it. 
does our mindset affect our body language or does our body language affect our mindset or is it a bit of both sometimes? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a bit of a kind of a closed loop there in the, in the, the, the chicken's laying an egg and the egg is hashing into a chicken and you, you, you can't ever work out which one is where it started and where it ended. Obviously, you know, both affect the other. Now here's what I would say though. Um, and, and I'd be a little bit biased about this because obviously my expertise and my, my work is around body language is I find the best intervention into behavior and mindset is from the behavioral, from the body language point of view. If I want to change somebody's mindset, if I want to change my mindset, the most economical, the best intervention is into the behavior, not into the mind. Not to say that you can't change mindset and you can't change somebody else's mindset. Just from, from my experience, my point of view, it always takes a little bit too long to, to go about that. Yeah, I completely agree, Mark, with, with what you've said there. And I'm sure you've heard of Tony Robbins talking about this in terms of how our state can affect everything around us in that, that question. I suppose I've, I very much agree with you there is that we can control a lot more around our body language than we can from our mindset. And it's, it's probably the easiest way to change how we're perhaps thinking or feeling is through how we are physically. It's the, the thing we have the most control over. And I suppose for me, it's a bit like a jump start on a car sometimes in that if your mindset is in a bit of a negative state, the best way to be able to deal with that is to, to change your body language. And, you know, motion creates emotion, as James says. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and so, you know, it can be as simple as get up and go for a walk or, you know, if you're having a conversation around a meeting table, change your position around the table. Everybody get up and go and grab a cup of coffee and take a walk together. As you say, you know, change your motion. You can change your emotion. It's, it's, a, it's a simple, easy way to get another start on things. Mm. So for people listening to this and from perhaps either a sales perspective or those that a lot of people in my community are speakers and they'll be on stage, whether it's in front of 500 people or a team meeting, what are some of the other things, along with what you've mentioned already, that you'd suggest for people to be more mindful of or practice uh, to be uh, focusing on with their body language? Yeah, so in terms of that leadership piece, and, and uh, especially when you're up and speaking in front of a group, be it one or many, get that that piece around doing open palm gestures at, at naval height. And uh, if you hit just about any one of my trainings on online, go and see my TEDx talk, or you'll see me doing this, and you'll see how effective that is. So open palm gestures at naval height really does give you a sense of confidence and others a sense of confidence in you. So, you know, that's, that's the number one thing. The more you can practice being able to produce those gestures in a very natural way, uh, and it really is just practice, just do it as much as you can, and you'll find yourself falling into those more open gestures at that naval height rather than what most people will fall into uh, when they're up on a stage, which is hanging their hands down by their sides and kind of often wandering around aimlessly uh, across the stage. So, Mark, for you, how did you get into this world of body language? What was it that inspired you to, I suppose, take this route in your life? Yeah, I, I just think it was a fascination with human behavior. Even when I was a kid, I loved 
not only human behavior, but animal and plant behavior. I was big into biology and, and the way the human body works in its most simple sense. And then I got into uh, why we end up doing what we do and, and how we might be able to intervene in that, that behavioral psychology piece. But really, it comes down to a fascination. So for anybody listening, just stay fascinated with, with human beings and human behavior. Uh, you know, nothing bad ever happened with people's fascination in other human beings. It, it can only ever be good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and throughout this, I suppose, journey and also your, your career, what do you think you've learned most about yourself and the more understanding you've gained from this? Yeah, well, I, I think the biggest understanding is just how you need to just keep going with everything, keep persisting, uh, because really my, my work has been about becoming an expert in my, in my field. And so what I've, what I've learned most throughout, of, throughout that has been how just not to, to give up and keep learning and keep going. And, and um, you know, eventually you get somewhere. And if it isn't quite where you want it to be, you keep on going until you, it starts to feel like you're getting somewhere you want to be. So look, you know, if you want to learn more about what I do, you can head over to truthplane.com, T-R-U-T-H-P-L-A-N-E, truthplane.com. Find me there or just Google Mark Bowden or Google Truthplane. You'll find me. Great. Well, Mark, you know, it's been a real pleasure today. Thank you so much for your, your insights and your experience. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. Great to speak to you. Happy to speak to you anytime. Great. Thanks, Mark. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Hey people, thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, notanothersalesguy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing Not Another Sales Podcast. And also, if you want to connect to me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.